Welcome to Mouse and Weens Season 3. Today we're going to be talking about Los Angeles, optimism, pessimism, true crime. We'll skim the surface of Dirty John, coming back to that. We talk about oddballs in ice skating, roller skating. We get into parenting, role models, internet safety, sexual health, and we spend a good chunk of time talking about the homeless issues in California. Minute 20, you will hear our stories and you will meet an LAPD officer who discusses his unique perspective about dealing with the homeless on a day-to-day basis. Please visit covenanthousecalifornia.org. It is a nonprofit youth homeless shelter that provides sanctuary and support for the homeless and even trafficked youth. So consider donating to Covenant House California to help the kids on the streets of Los Angeles. Go to mouseandweens.com for our show notes to read more about this episode. And here we go. Hello. Mouse and weens. What's up, weens? Hi, Hi, Mouse. I'm Mouse. I'm Joelle. I'm the mom in San Diego with the kids and the whole suburban life. And I'm Weens, and I'm over in, in the greater Los Angeles area, Hollywood. How do you say that? It is. <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood. I know. It just sounds You're right tight. on the edge. There's... You're right across the river. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm learning the landscape. I had such fun being up there with you and... How has your break been? We came back from Idaho and you got to just relax in your home with your kitty cat and do your things and do some gigs. How was it? How's the week been? It's good. It's been very, um, I like to fill my time when I'm home with friends. So there's a lot of friend meetings. Good. Several friend outings, but I like to also keep it relatively close, we'll say. Um... Because sometimes I don't like to go into busy situations. Although, yes, on New Year's Eve, I went and hung out with Jennifer Matten and Chris Matten. Yay! And that was very nice. I will tell you, driving back the next day, which was New Year's Day, because I spent the day at their house, mm-hmm. it was the best experience of the world on the 5. Because? On the 405. There's nobody on the road. Everybody was hungover and staying home, and you had the... Staying home, hungover, and it allowed me to finally be free in Los Angeles, and it was gorgeous. Wow. And there was a beautiful sunrise. I got up early, early. Wow. And the light was illuminating off of downtown, and there was no one on the road, and I could see why Los Angeles is so wonderful. Wow. And then the next day, all the people were back. Oh, well... That's good, though. At least you had a glimmer of what it used to be, what it could be. So what Yeah. What could you do? Can we do like Jetson style, like just hover craft everybody around and loosen up those freeways or it's never going to get better? This is it. I don't think it's going to get better. I think they've even done studies on expanding the freeway and how that will also not work. Mm. And um, yeah, I just think it is what it is. So if you're going to live here... Got to get used to it. Right. But that was one day where I said, oh, I could see the quaint charm of what people were talking mm. about back in the day. Mm. 
I love it. Yeah. All the old what about you? Orange groves. Uh, just hanging out. I wait. I wanted to say something though. I started watching that Disney Plus show, the um, the behind the scenes. What oh. is it? I forget the name of it. I should look it up. Uh, but they talked about the building of Disneyland with Walt Disney back in the day and how his brother thought he was crazy for taking over these orange groves and starting Disneyland. But just seeing the old footage in the, whatever it was, I guess the 40s, early 50s, of what Los Angeles used to be in Anaheim. And yeah, it's it's so crazy to think that's what LA is now. But progress. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Can I just tell you a dumb story? Yeah, yeah, I do. I was in Seal Beach and... My ex and I were walking, and uh, we were walking early in the morning, and it was very chilly out, and we just were quiet, and I think we said good morning to a guy who was in a bright red sweater and a little bow tie. Good morning. He goes, yes, it is, and I'm feeling brisk. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And that became it, huh? That was the... But it was kind of... Perfect. It was like a really excitable early morning man in a bright sweater with a bow tie talking about being brisk. And it was great. It really woke you up. Have you seen, speaking of red sweaters, have you seen the new uh, Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks? I have not. I saw the documentary, which was great. But what'd you think? I haven't either. I just wondered if oh. you have. So let's make that our to-do list. I really want to jump in with both Has feet. anyone seen, has anyone listening seen that movie? And can you write in and talk about it? Right, right. That's it. Okay. No, I just, I love Mr. Rogers and the red sweater and happiness and wonderful Pollyanna positive moments. Why am I like this? I don't, I want to be more like macabre and dark and brooding. God, and I am. Interested in true crime and horror. And I am. I feel like it's, it's so cool and edgy to be that way. And I just don't like it. I like happy and light and funny and well, silly. But you were just compelled by all my story of this killings and stuff. Yeah. You're but why starting were you compelled? To, we're, we're starting to get into Dirty John. You more than me, Weens. And I need to jump in and... And get into it because I I had that side to me back in the day. I used to read all the Stephen King and all the Anne Rice. I was super into all that, and then it kind of got shelved when I became a mom. Maybe it's a protective. I think that, thing. What is good about it though? I mean, um, well, what's bad about it? And what's good about it? I don't know. I I guess nothing. It's just personality. But I'm a little bit bored of myself. Am I too Pollyanna? Is it just like ugh, syrupy? No. Sweet? Do you think you are? No. I think. Um, what I have found, though, I just went down a rabbit hole of watching an eight-part series of The Dirty John, which is based on this guy, John Meehan, who was a terrible human. And uh, there was a podcast that was a number one podcast for a while on yeah. his story called Dirty John. I think it was the L.A. Times uh, writer of, of the article, and this guy created the podcast. Okay, But anyway... I filled my brain with hours of this because I had a day where I just wanted to sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I watched eight episodes back to back. But then it fills your brain with this yes. craziness. And I realize it can cut your mood. I mean, definitely you are feeding your subconscious, I think. Right. Well, yeah. Huh. I, I, yeah I, I just want to hear the story though it is it does sound super interesting and compelling so i want to 
get into that, but I think just for social reasons more than anything else, because I feel like I'm missing out. It's kind of like how I didn't watch uh, Game of Thrones. I feel like I missed out on this whole corner of culture, and um, I just want to be part of the party. You do? I don't know. Part of this weird, it feels like this weird world of, yeah, true crime that I don't well, get Well, you're it not yet. as into it because, but th- why, now you must feel this way because of your involvement in researching podcasts and you're really super involved in finding out about what's yeah. happening in the podcast world. Right. So you must come across own... that a lot because those yeah. are like the number one podcast mostly, right? Right, right. It's the podcast industry is a real thing. And what is compelling? What are people listening to? Where are the downloads? All that stuff. Where's the audience? But it doesn't feel authentic to me because I'm not super into that stuff yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of like, what is the fascination? It's like everybody loves avocados. (laughs) I don't get it. Why does everyone love avocados? It's this trend. Anyway. I do want to jump in, but let's do, I'm going to do a deep dive into Dirty John with you and then let's come back and, and talk about it in the future. Could we? Yeah. Because I think that sounds interesting. I don't know. And the fact right. that any we'll of these have are to do it soon, though, true stories. Because, yeah. excuse my French. <laughs> what? Go. I'm saying let's not wait too long because I will forget the details. Okay. All right. I'm in. When are we going to talk about that? I don't know. Next time. I'll do it. Okay. I'm jumping in. Nothing going okay. on. Now the kids are going back to school tomorrow. Oh, I loved hanging out with them over Christmas. It really was fun and cute. And we did lots of fun things. I love hanging out with my kids. Did you hear what you just did said? Did I say that? I'll listen to it back. I love to hang out with them. They are my beautiful babies. <laughs> okay, sorry. How was it? Yeah. I do. It was great. They um, are good. We did yeah Idaho and then New Year's and we went to a friend's party and then I had a friend come into town, and we did lots of stuff. I went ice skating, and can I just tell you, it's this really cool shopping center in San Diego. It used to be the naval base, uh, training base, downtown San Diego, right by the airport. All these real low buildings, and they converted it to this big shopping center called Liberty Station. And it's got, you know, this food market. It's really cool and hip, and they set up a ice skating rink for Christmas. <laughs> And I took my friend from out of town and my other college friends from here. And um, we took all the kids ice skating. And all the moms were like, no, no, we're not going to go. And I was like, I'll go. I'm really good at ice skating. So uh, (laughs) Charlotte and I suited up. Well, I swear to God, these ice skates they gave us must have been the loosest leather ankle things ever. And real skinny blades. And I put them on and I was like... Who was the guy in Wizard of Oz, the scarecrow? Just like loose ankles walking. I couldn't even walk. And um, I get That's out on the awful. ice. I know. I went about three feet and I went whoop, 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 whoop. But I fell forward, <laughs> landed on my knee. And then I did a starfish. I, I slid on my boobs and belly for about four feet and just like just splatted. And my knee is so sore now. And it sucks I used to be able to ice skate I don't know what happened so that was well it sounds like your shoes I don't think I think so yeah and I went back and I got smaller ones and I really tightened them up and then it was better I could get around a few times but even then I was just like oh I'm done so I think my days of ice skating are over I'm sad to report it might be it I don't want to get hurt 
sucks getting old. Well, that's the thing. You're growing yeah, up. I'm... And you don't want to hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My knees mean more to me now. But I remember a guy. So we lived in Dublin, which also, aka Scrubland. Scrubland. But, um, and those of you from there know what I mean. But <laughs> just kidding. It's better uh, now, though. I think real estate's so hot that now it's like oh yeah, a great place to live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they had a place called Iceland. Yeah, I think it was Iceland? just Iceland. <laughs> Iceland, you're very. Well, I just uh, put that two and two together. I think we threw it off our tongue in a way that I never made the association. <laughs> yeah, Iceland. Ice. Anyway, I remember exactly where it was across from. Um, oh wait, maybe Ralph's. Don't. Yeah, there was some, wasn't that the Albertsons. Like hot dog place on the corner or something? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mervyn's was nearby. Either way, it was our one big ice skating rink and Christy Yamaguchi trained there. She's also from that area. She's right. an Olympic gold medalist. That's right. But um, we would go, my friend Mandy, she, I would go with her for a while and there was always this real hot dog. He just looked like that guy... Uh, George Zimmerman, who'd sell those suits. Do you remember the commercial? <laughs> Where he had a real tight black beard. And it was just like kind of a robust Greek man with a tight beard and hair. Did he wear he tight white pants? Please say yes. Yes, tight white pants and a oh! white. I was going to say all white. Dream. Tight white <laughs> Did he have an open shirt with chest hair? No, but oh. it, it was a closed. But everything was white. All white. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a, at the white Iceland on the white ice, everything was white, white, white. Except for that beard. Except for that beard, real dark, like. And he would zoom around, and there were just kids. Like, there were probably five kids. You know, it wasn't a real hot ticket place to go. And then there was George Zimmerman on the ice who would go by, and then he would do one of those shave things and shave the ice where it would hit you, you know, oh. like the whoosh. Ooh, and he like was a real hot player? dog, and then he would just beep beep and skate away. <laughs> and I was always so, at the time you just thought, oh, that was that's that guy. Wow, he could really skate, and he'd do these little dipty doos and go backwards. But now that I think about it, it's so weird. Just a guy who was in his complete own world. He was just gonna go regardless of who was there. And he was going to skate to his heart's little tight, tight beard content. And then he'd go around and then do his shave thing on you to people he didn't even know. He didn't know us. He would He's shave, shower you with stuff. his like, tight white uh, shavings and get you involved. Do you he think got us involved. Creep was he trying to pick up on little girls? No, there was nothing no. creepy because he no. was too zoom zoomy. <laughs> but it just made no sense. Anyway, it was a look at me move. I like that. Well, bold of him. And what nice. does that guy do in the day? What did he do? How could he spend mm. so much time? He was always there when we were there, so he must just be there. Okay. All right. Dublin, Iceland goers from uh, circa 1982 through nine, please call in if you know where this man might be. It sounds like he, I know where this man might be. He's yeah. probably. French kissing someone in a Zamboni that he's parked in his driveway. <laughs> his lovely wife, Lucy. Oh, they created a life together. Zamboni Lucy. Oh, I like it. Sorry. Anyway, so, wait, what did you No, I was going to Zamboni ask. And <clears throat> no, did, did, uh, did you know the naked cowboy when you lived in, in New York? It sounds like that. But I believe he was around, but... 
Right. I kind of remember seeing him off in the distance, but yeah. it was not a big hoot like it is. Yeah, what about him? No, like I just him? I remember seeing him too when I was in New York visiting you. And then down in Mission Bay here in San Diego, there's um this naked, not naked, but he wears a G-string and he rollerblades up and down the oh. boardwalk in a with a cape oh, usually. Nice. Yeah. So it's a G-string and a cape. And he's very tan. He has nice muscles and a, I guess, okay butt. And he's well known in the area for same things. I mean, I can't say that he slides to the side and scrapes people with ice, but he has a similar um, effect on on people. I don't think he bothers anyone, but he's just in his own world, skating around with his cape flapping. It'd be nice to research him. Like, let's get a few of these characters. There's yes. one on Venice Beach who... Wears roller skates and has a tall turban and a long beard. Oh, see? And he was even featured in a couple of movies. He's always around, so. Oh, and what was that? Wasn't there someone like that? Oh, it was like a homeless woman and Zach Galifianakis did a movie or something? Oh, Isn't yeah. Another one? Yeah. You watched a documentary on that. Can you please talk into your phone? You're disappearing. Oh, sorry. I moved it because it's by the mic. Yeah, yeah. I I love all these things. There was a woman in La Jolla with a bun on top of her head. You probably knew her too. The homeless lady on the bus stop. And yeah, Isn't that nice? People. We had a guy in uh, Berkeley. They called him Rare. And he had no shirt. And he, had, he looked like Jim Morrison. He was kind of handsome, but crazy. Uh-huh. And he just walked around in jean shorts that were cut off really short and nothing else. Tan, muscly, Jim Morrison face and beard. And you would say, how do you like it? And he'd go, rare. (laughs) (laughs) So they called him rare. I don't know how that all came to be. I don't know how someone knew to ask him. (laughs) That that was the only thing he'd just roar that. Rare. Wow. This is fascinating. See, I love this stuff. Is it really, though? (laughs) It is. It is. Where are these people now? Can we please sit down with them and learn about them? Now, these are the people, though, I think that you would completely, how are you fascinated by Because you would be like, I mean, oh, God. from afar, I want someone else to do the expose and I'll watch it because I don't know how to necessarily interact, although maybe this is the year Probably like learned. a giant hamster ball for humans. <laughs> we could just let you run alongside, but no For touching. real. I'll be your cameraman. Yeah. I'll be the one like behind the camera so I don't have yeah, to well, actually man. talk and you could interview these people. I love it. Okay, yeah. now you did this, though. Can we please talk about some of your your Escapades. interesting... Yeah, you've made friends with homeless people. You, you've, you've, you're surrounded by it, and you've done some work on it. Can you talk about <laughs> did that? Did I ever tell you about the... Sorry, but the lady that I brought back to my party? <laughs> no. This, you know, it sounds like I'm some, like, jerk, though. Like, oh, let's bring a homeless person to a party. But it wasn't like that. I was having a part... I've had two parties in my life. One was this last December 11th, and the other one was in 2003. Yeah, it was awesome. I said, let's have a party. We had this really weird outdoor backyard area that backed up to a creek. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. And there was a big space. I said, Greg, why don't you and your band play, and I'll invite some friends. So, And I don't know why I was thinking this. It was one of those weird, I'm going to try something different with my life things. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I invited, I think I only knew a few people there, though, who still lived in the Alamo area because that was our old hometownish kind of. Mm-hmm. There were like three friends. And then I invited my love, John Philip Sousa, who you might remember from a past episode. Oh, John Philip Sousa. 
he rides his skateboard with his sousaphone. And, um, <laughs> and then Blake came out. And then I thought I really wanted to pizzazz it up. So I found, I was like, oh, I got to make it more interesting. So I found someone because I was taking Bart on the way home in a bus. And I found someone at the bus stop. And I brought her there and paid her 20 bucks. And she did tarot readings. <laughs> and she ended up... This is the best part. Sorry. This is what I forgot. So she drank a bunch of our wine. We thought she left. The next morning, she came out in a towel, Greg's towel, and a towel around her head. She was like, well, good morning. And we're like, ah! She had slept somewhere and taken a shower. I forgot that part. And that's why it was so good. That was the best. Greg's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> How did you get her back, or what happened after that? Take I think I probably up? gave her money to take the bus. And the... oh my god, <laughs> that was the best though. Well, what's up? Good morning. <laughs> We're like, bah! <laughs> it was kind of like that scene in the Adam Sandler movies where he had sex with that lady, right? Like the right. old lady, and yeah, she pops up in the morning. Oh, but it really happens. See, I love it. Yes, these things. Well, you have such faith in, in people that you meet and no you longer. start talking to and you instantly are like, let me help you. And no. take you in. That's a thing but of the you past. you do. Or at least talk to them. What was the deal with the one homeless guy that you tried to help and you called his family? What was that story? Yeah, but do you want to really... I thought that was neat, though, because he, uh, he finally did contact his family. But what did they say? They were like, well... It's just because it's interesting. We all drive past these people and usually don't do much or maybe give them a dollar or something. But you actually sat down and got the story. So what what was it? All right. I'll tell this one very quickly. Okay. Okay. I was working with some kind of a volunteer organization and it was at the church somewhere downtown, some mm-hmm. Catholic church. And Wait, it was San Diego some- or LA? San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And then they said that homeless people have a need for socks and underwear. And I think instead of food and all that, Mm -hmm. I think I got socks and underwear and I think I took it to someone and they were like over by the bridge, over off the eight. Mm -hmm. And it was this guy and I started talking to him and he seemed so sad and genuinely wanted to change his life, something. But I said, you know what, why don't you come with me today? And I bought him lunch and I brought him around with me and I said, let's figure this out. And, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, so I kind of got his whole backstory, but then I was going to someone's party, this guy, Brad, who lived downtown. (laughs) So then I was like, well, you can come with me. And then I brought this guy and then he has this gorgeous house. It was right when downtown was getting fancy and he had this beautiful loft. It was like a million dollar loft. It was really fancy. And he's like, oh, he was the tour manager of the tubes if anyone remembers that band Mm. um anyway or the manager of them and we were there but then he was like uh what's that guy doing on my couch he was clearly homeless and then he always told that story you brought a homeless guy to my house (laughs) i thought it was no big deal i thought it was just oh but i didn't think of any other issues with that (laughs) which he, he apparently did anyway long story short I bring, we sit somewhere outside. He gave me his sister's phone number. I said, let's call her. I called the sister. The sister said, yeah, he's been in and out of jail. 
We've tried to help him before. There's not much else we could do. And I found that very disheartening. I thought, of course, family would come. And yeah. and now, in retrospect, I realize that was probably, you know, she was very sweet. But she kind of said, yeah, we're not going to do anything. Like, yeah, knowing she it said, was a helpless cause. Like a revolving door. I think she said he's got a revolving door to mm. prison. And I was like, great. <laughs> Get out of my car. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? You're so sweet for helping people and wanting to understand it but now have you ever done anything like that Liz? oh we packed up a bunch of blankets and and jackets and toiletries and when the kids were younger and you know I labeled all these bags and we took them downtown and I made a big you know learning moment out of it with the kids but the thing that sucks is I think they were too young I did it I was so excited and wanted to show them all the stuff and they don't even remember it but we went downtown and we found this little tent city and we handed out bags and I was with you you were there that day yeah oh, okay and but then remember there was like one guy that was like yeah yeah I'll distribute these to all my friends and I'm like okay and we drove away and then I'm like I think he probably just took everything for himself <laughs> like how do you know <laughs> you just don't know where things go and what what charities you can actually help and where the donations end up i don't know so it we'll do it again though we've built up another supply so now it's going to make sense actually yeah and i signed up for um jewish family services and we're going to drive older folks around me and the kids that need rides that's our new thing and uh, meals on wheels we're going to start doing that too so that's nice Get away from giving or getting, 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 and we're going to... Are you really going to do that? You're going to follow through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I signed up for the trainings, and we're going to get going on it, so... So the kids are, too? Yeah, yeah. They'll be my little ride-alongs, and, you know... Joe! Yeah. You're all about action. Trying. Little things, but... It's nice. it's It's tough, though, to see all the homeless people, and the kids don't understand how did that happen, and why, and... You know, usually there's addiction and, you know, so many mental problems and in and out of hospitals and, like you said, jail. Who knows? But uh, you are doing it with your organization, too, which is awesome. I think that's very good. I feel like I like it. Your, your horn tootie? Soup kitchen? No. What is it? Horn tootie? Horn tootie? Does this what? feel like a horn tootie section? Oh, <laughs> I thought that was a new charity. Horn Tootie. I haven't heard of that before. Or the facts like, of life when she turns into a devil. Yeah, that's it. Uh, didn't you meet somebody that you worked with that had to do with the homeless people? Yeah, it was like a cop or a security guard or something? What no, was it was interview? at the West LA Courthouse. We filmed there on the hit show The Rookie. And mm-hmm. his name is Jim Levinson. And he has the a real good take on what's going on with homelessness in the area. Let's hear that now. Okay, we are here with our good pal. Senior, Senior Lee Officer Lavinson with LAPD, West Los Angeles Division. Okay. Now, I'm just going to ask you, this is a podcast my sister and I do. We get a lot of different people that we interview, all different people, artists, musicians, and many different professions. So tell us about a day in the life of you. Well, I'm the Senior Lead Officer for the area between Wilshire and the 10 freeway in Sentinel in the 405. And one of the, the most important issues we're dealing with is homeless. 
Homelessness in Los Angeles is at an all-time high. There's, it's, there's not an easy solution. Um, it didn't happen overnight. We're dealing with, with human beings. These are We're all God's children. So these are people. I know residents do get frustrated and they forget that we're, we're dealing with people. We're trying to help them, get them outreach if we can, get them into a shelter. Some are service resistant. And I don't want to say all of anything. I don't want to paint anybody with that broad brush. But I deal a lot with my homeless. I see mental illness on board um, and addiction. And not how, all. How much does that play a part? It plays a huge role. If they're down on their luck, um, self-medicating, helps them cope, helps them sleep, whatever they call it. If they, if they are recovering from an injury initially and they got hooked on, on a narcotic, it's easier and cheaper for them to, to get drugs on the street than it is to go through, through a doctor and a pharmacy. Plus, now you're limited. There's a, a centralized database. So the days of doctor shopping are over, so they can't. Um, you, have to, you have to cure the addiction, but they have to want to get help. Curing addiction is hard. The first couple days are probably going to be in a hospital when they go to detox so they don't have a seizure and they don't injure themselves more. They're under the care of a doctor. And then we can get them into a shelter or a mission with a caseworker. But a lot of these homeless men and women have been to shelters and they'll tell you they don't want to go there because they're dirty, there's bed bugs. When they take a shower, their property's gone. And then we have that term service resistant. Service resistant is people that don't want to get help because when you go to a mission or a shelter, there are rules. You cannot use, you can't come in high, you can't drink, and you have to act accordingly. Some are with a girlfriend or spouse and they don't want to be separated and they will be separated. Um, there's shelters downtown, like the Midnight Mission, that houses men and women and women and their children and they're separate, but they can be together at a certain times. So it's a super complicated issue. There's not an easy answer. Like I said earlier, it didn't happen overnight. I don't know what the cure is. I don't know what the solution is, but LAPD, you know, we're not in the homeless business per se. We're driven by court injunctions, by LaVon, Jones versus City of LA, you got Martin, you got Boise. These are all court cases that limit what we are allowed to do and, and what enforcement action we can we can take. So what are some of those limitations? You can't move somebody if you need to? Or? They are allowed to sleep on a sidewalk with a tent up from night at night to six in the morning, as long as they are not blocking a sidewalk. We can't take them and just take them into a shelter that that's basically kidnapping so they have to want to go voluntarily now that takes that takes time to earn their trust and when, when they're ready to go they'll go so that's a that's a that's a component from the homeless aspect so then you look at as a senior lead officer we look at quality of life issues so from the homeless we're trying to get them help get them off the street that's a win for me that's really a win-win-win it's a win for the community the business owners and the residents it's super frustrating for residents when they see homeless people excuse me that are camped out across the street from where they live you know let's take the area code out of it let's take the zip code out of it i mean and let's take out how much they're paying for their homes because that's really you know irrelevant whether you're paying three million or a hundred thousand for your home it is your home the king or queen of your castle and you look outside and you see these homeless tents and these encampments and what people don't realize is like at two in the morning where do they go to the restroom? 
They go to the restroom in the flower beds or on the sidewalk or what have you. What happens the next day at noon when the sun's out and it's, it's 95 degrees out? That urine and the feces that they did the night before, it's baking and it's horrible. It's horrible for everybody to smell. We're not getting into the rodents yet or the rats or the typhoid or the typhus or the different diseases. It's horrible for everybody. But the residents and the business owners are very frustrated. So that's really, that's my struggle is, is that they're all part of the community because they're all living in the community. So I, I don't have the answers. I don't think the council has the answers. We're working on affordable housing and bridge housing. We started something in West LA called Safe Parking behind the Civic Center building. And it's where people that are vetted, trying to get back on their feet and they don't want to be homeless. They sleep in their cars and they can sleep in this safe area from nine at night to six in the morning. It's safe for them. We have restrooms, there's a guard there so they feel safe. It's good because I'm not getting those calls from my community members saying people are living in their cars outside of my, my front door. So, so that's helpful. Um, it's a step in the right direction. We're taking steps in the right direction um, for the community, for myself. It's not ever gonna be happening fast enough, but you know, we have to keep trying. So what was this a lot of people attributed to Reagan around that time when people were kicked out of mental institutions? Is that part of it or is that too long ago? They claim that when Reagan shut down the mental institutions, but I, from what I read, they were being shut down before he was actually sworn into office. So I know it's easy. Everybody wants a scapegoat. I know we want to pick on the, the councilman or, or, or the mayor or the chief of police. There's not one person responsible for this. And housing prices being really, really high yes. might be another thing, but yeah. All of those combined, it's an epidemic. There's not one person to blame. I know people want to blame somebody. Maybe it makes them feel better that it's somebody's fault. I don't know if it's anybody's fault. I don't know where to lie blame, and I don't know if that really is going to do any good. You know, you want to put the cart in front of the horse. You know, it's like we say in Texas, the barn door is open and the horses are out. Now you deal with the horses that are out. You can't deal with what happened before. Um, Which is also kind of living in the present and yes. not living in the past. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, what we're dealing with, it's the, a mental, the mental aspect is huge. Um, and the addiction is huge. And Are those two of the biggest contributors, at least, with not, not allowing the people to go and get the help that they need? We allow them to get the help they need. We want to give them the help. We'll drive them to get a caseworker. We'll go to St. Joe's, OPCC, LASA, our HOPE unit. Um, home is our homeless outreach unit and LASA housing. We want to help them, but a lot of them are service resistant. They don't I want- I mean, is that the yeah. reason though? A lot of times if you're on drugs, you're service resistant or mental illness. I mean, that's, that's part like, of it, do yes. you know how many, I read something and it seemed like the statistics were kind of low on people with mental illness. I thought it would have been 85% and it said something like 15%, which seems shocking. I don't know. Well, when you look at people living on the street, um, this is not camping in Yosemite. There's nothing glamorous about it. The food they have, they can't have for more than a few hours. Bugs are gonna come into the tents. I've cleaned out so many encampments. I've assisted with just making sure the people cleaning the tents with hope and watershed and clean streets LA. Um, we're there, LAPD is just a security force to make sure nobody is hurt. And, but the, the amount of rats and rodents I've seen in these tents is horrible. So the living on the street, in my mind, there's nothing glamorous about this. You wake up and there's ants in, in, your, in your tent and there's, there's rats and there's mice and your food's infested and 
this to me it's, it's, it's not glamorous at all I know people want to paint it as you know they're free they're living with no rules they're living on their own terms this is I have to attribute I have to and I'm not an expert in mental illness I have to attribute some of that to mental illness this is not normal this is this is I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy yeah. to be homeless and living in the streets of Los Angeles there's nothing glamorous about it yeah no it's a rough life yeah. And do you do a lot of people on that note? Is there a lot of infighting? Is there a lot of okay. burglary? Do people get killed? Do things get stolen? Um, is it a rough world out there? I mean, it's a rough world, but the homeless typically they will look out for each other. Um, where it really affects me is, and I'm not going to give you a percentage, but when when they're addicted to drugs, they have to feed that habit, and right now they're not employable. They're not employable because they're not reliable. They can't come to, to a place of business and have a job and be there nine to five. They're not ready to be the face of any franchise yet. So until they get back on their feet, so they have to make money. And if that means stealing bicycles, stealing um, items and vehicles, that's where my job comes in to educate the public. Um, lock it, hide it, keep it. Keep your vehicle secure. Don't keep valuables um, visible so people can see what's inside. If they check the doors of 10 vehicles, probably one will be open. And bicycles that are not secured, they'll steal bicycles and maybe trade those for, for drugs. So that where that affects me and my community and the quality of their life because when things are stolen or the car's broken into, that is a breach of their security and they don't feel safe. Would you leave your doors unlocked at night when you sleep? I lock my doors. <laughs> always, always lock my doors. Sometimes I don't yeah. to let my cat out. It's crazy, right? I always, I mean, I always lock my doors. And we, I, and I tell people whether they live in, in Bel Air, Beverly Crest, um, the Palisades, Brentwood, we are all still in the city of Los Angeles. It's a big city. On that note, goodbye and good day. Thank you, Jim. And we thank you so much at LAPD because you guys are awesome and you've been nothing but wonderful to work with. And... These guys are amazing, I will just say. I've seen you in action. Thank you. And on the film sets. Our pleasure. Good day. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, what a tough situation. There's like no good solution for it, it doesn't seem. But I'm hopeful. I'm still hopeful. Yeah. It'll get figured out, cleaned You're up. You're a good, good kid. I am hopeful and optimistic in the suburbs. Yeah. What can I say? Um, Weens. Yo. Can you tell me also really quick about what you did this weekend filming something? I don't know anything about this. You just sent me pictures of the green room. Oh, and in the green room, you'll notice some hot mouse and ween stickers in the green yes. room of the hi-hat. The hi-hat. Uh, the hi-hat, a hit club. It's a music venue in Highland Park. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles area. Highland Park is one of the up-and-coming neighborhoods. It's been up-and-coming for a long time. Mark yes. Marin lives in Highland Park. Oh, you all might know Mark Marin. Sometimes I'll see him jogging there. Oh, he's Mark a Marin jogs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Do his glasses bounce around? or He does... Oh, he does wear glasses <laughs> jogging. I think Can you does. please hide out in some bushes and zoom in when he jogs by? I would like to see if there's a bounce in okay. those glasses. That's my uh, question. I see him a lot, actually. Mark, he's around. He is at the comedy store often, mm -hmm. just hanging out. And then uh, 
Yeah, I see him around town a lot. Can we make friends with him and um, co-host? Sure. <laughs> Guest? Any of the above? Good. All right. Yes. So I was shooting a show called The Black Crystal Wolf Kids, and it's through my good buddy Scrote. Mm. He is gearing them up to get them more gigs, sort of acting as a manager, I guess, promoter. And I filmed their concert the mm. other day. It was very good. That's They're cool. really fun. They're a cover band, and they do a lot of hits from the 90s, but cool stuff like, uh, oh, I forget <laughs> all the shit that they played. <laughs> okay. Wait, Joelle. <laughs> Don't leave. You're going to give me the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> they played a lot of 90s hits. They're great. What did you do this weekend? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I did a whole lot of nothing. I don't know. Mom and Denny came into town. We went to the car show today. That was the big hip hot thing. Um, Denny and Elliot compared mustaches. My 12-year-old my is starting to get a little lip hair. It's so cute. And old grandpa is giving him tips. And how to deal with it. Like what? Oh, I don't know. No, he was just teasing him about it, basically. He does a lot of teasing, this Denny guy. And uh, the kids all love it. But, oh, I cringe. <laughs> As a mom, some of the jokes are just, I mean, oh, I got to roll with it. I got to loosen up. It's not going to make them bad people. But, oy. He's... Is there any shaming that gets... I'm all about shaming right now. Mm -hmm. That sounds weird. <laughs> Take that out too, will you? <laughs> I don't think he shames. I think it's just uh, just funny talk. And then I'm like, oh, come on. Don't talk about girls that way. Mostly it's just gender stuff. I want to make, like, I want this generation to be nice and sweet to each other and equal and respectful. And I think he just is being funny and it's just low-hanging fruit humor which is fine because the kids love adam sandler and all that stuff anyway so it's all coming in from all different areas you know luckily i think the kid well you can always counterbalance that and but also i think they're watching shows that are kind of smart and hip and i don't know i yeah. think the comedians like toby loves parks and rec and right the office and they don't let people get away with that right, right that's true i know pop culture is finally catching up with that i guess but finally sometimes i just oh roll my eyes and put my fingers in my ears and hope that they're gonna turn out okay because it's like sometimes beyond me you can't control everything so what are you gonna do you can't and i think this is i don't know i was talking to my friend about that we were hiking mm -hmm. there was a whole talk about how his wife's sister has a son who's 14 and he's starting to just do his you know he's starting to look at the internet wackadoodle mm -hmm. nippies and dingos and boobs <laughs> and toes and elbows exposed that hot hot but, elbow site i know that one i know <laughs> dirty dirty elbows but um you know it's just the idea of he's gonna find it I'm going to like loosen my grip and you hope for the best, but at some point they are going to. I know. I know.
and they're going to rebel more the more you try to clamp down. Right, but I don't want to give them the key to it either. People. I don't want to be like, here you go, kids, your own private stash, go for it. You know, it's like I know finding that balance. So I do lock down the internet. We finally got the Disney Circle up and running again where we can shut down certain websites and limit their time and turn off the internet altogether if we need to, which is nice. And... You know, and Dave feels the same way. Is he, or is he more loose? Yeah, mode? he does. And you know, we've seen some some interesting uh, websites that have been visited. And you know, and I'm always the one that has to come and talk to them and be like, "Look, this is how it really is, and what you're seeing is fake and pretend." So I feel like I'm kind of the bad cop. And I come from a background where we all talked about. It sex ed and you know venereal disease and this and that and then I did it in college too I was a sexual health counselor so for me it's wow I didn't know that yeah I used to walk around campus handing out condoms and I worked in the health center and any girls that wanted to get on birth control had to come through a little class that I held and I would teach about all the different kinds of contraception and I would go around I never knew this really I would go around from class to class with like bananas and condoms and sponges i had my little kit and yeah i had to teach all about that was this stuff. um this is interesting i don't know if you told i do remember vaguely about bananas do you have a banana story uh not one in particular just that i used to show them how to roll condoms on and off <laughs> bananas you know what i have to tell you this it's kind of sad Uh-oh. but well it's not that sad but in so people were doing that in africa was in it was in, I can't remember what area, but they were going, there was a group, you know, it was a volunteer group that was going around and showing, demonstrating condoms because it was an AIDS was very prominent mm-hmm. and STDs. And so they would demonstrate the condom on the banana, but then they went back to make sure everything was going well. And then people were still having sex, but with a condom and a banana up in the corner. as like a symbolic totem. Oh, of, no. So... It didn't quite translate. Oh. Well, you got to have the verbal skills to go along with the the demo. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, do you know people who have a lot of STDs? Because apparently it's one in three now that have general wow. herpes. I know a handful. I don't know. But I think it's also I'm in a world where nobody talks about it. So I'm sure a lot of people do, but I don't know about it. Um, well, you're not in a single world either. Right. That's true. I'm in a world where people discuss things. In fact, someone brought up HPV today. Mm-hmm. And it was a friend of mine who's a medic. Uh-huh. And Scott. And he was just saying, we were just talking about different stuff that I can't remember what we were talking about. But HPV is something that men carry often and don't notice, right. notice it. Yeah. I think he was just, we were both talking about. Well, I think that's the one that... scary it is out there. Yeah, that's the one that I think it's latent in most people that are sexually active and, you know, pops up here and there, but most people don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. That's crazy. I did a... (laughs) When I was doing this sexual health stuff in college, a um, news crew came by and interviewed us, and I have a news clip. Oh, I should find it. I wonder if I have it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, of me talking about warts and HPV. <laughs> my, Joe! My dumb little college face. And that was my big oh. famous line. I gave this, I had all this information and the only thing they used were 
warts, HPV, what is it? And that was it. That was the big clip. And I'm like, oh, I just, oh, yeah, my big moment Joe. in the sun. But it. yeah, it is a whole thing. I hope uh, everyone cover it up, put on that Jimmy hat, be safe. That's all I have to say. Correct. All right. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> I think so. Make like a banana and wrap it up. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. That's good. Well, good stuff. Can I also talk about how great our podcast friends are really quick? I got a second batch of Christmas cards when we got back from Idaho that were waiting for me, for us. Um, we got them from Best Forevers and the Fatalities, um, Cult of Domesticity, love them. One called Not a Safe Space, that one's cute. Quick and Dirty Romance, Her American Story, um, a new one that we learned about couples, talking couples. They sound really fun. And then Feminists Without Mystique. That one's cool too. So these are all podcasts in our little podcast network that please listen and follow and rate and review. They're our buddies. And they're great. Thank you for the cards, guys. It was wonderful. So cool. Um, Weens, anything else you're doing or want to point people to? Or Nope. Nope. All right. Going back to work tomorrow, and we will be popping out fun new stuff this season. This is the first episode of season three, so we, here we go, 2020, new decade. That's it. But please follow us on all our good social media, at Mouse and Weens, and just another big thank you to everybody for listening and downloading, and we really do appreciate all of the um, word of mouth telling your friends. That's huge. I have a friend who put out a stack of our business cards and stickers and a bunch of people have downloaded from that which was so nice so thank you please tell your friends that's awesome yeah we love so you then. we love you have fun bye bye with a wonderful smile she duped everyone for a little while then she bought some booze and lost herself Finally came to Next to a homeless man Twenty years gone He held her hand 